You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Man, you guys are delayed already. I it's thought you were long. speaking yeah, to the I was, I was to waiting the for something listeners. else to come in. But I think by the time I upload this, it's going to be afternoon. So I was going to say good morning to you and good afternoon to you, the listener. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It has been a uh, another week. <laughs> Every time we do podcasts, it feels like such a long time between podcasts, but the weeks fly by at the same time. It's kind of a weird thing. It's been another week, another week of protests and blockades and I don't where were we at last time oh we said that there was going to be a runoff oh man there's a lot to talk about yeah a lot has changed since last Monday yeah a lot has changed uh, yeah you said uh, we had said that we don't know well well well, they were saying there was going to be a runoff and then but yeah but we did say we uh, I keep hitting this mic sorry I got I got cables (laughs) I got cables like tangling I don't know why it's doing it today it never does it before or I'm doing it's not the cable doing it. Um, anyways, yeah, we didn't know we we didn't know what was going to end up happening because it was just a lot of unknown. But the official, unofficial, apparently, oh, my flip flop just broke too. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, look at this, man. Oh, wow. Sad day. Anyway, the podcast must go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible, man. It's the worst feeling when your flip flop breaks and like <laughs> you got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, <laughs> but we said that, um, yeah, we were unsure. Um, well, not much has changed on that. We're still unsure what's going to happen, but a lot has happened. Um, so I try to give it the short because I don't, I mean, you can talk forever about this stuff, right? Like, uh, even if you don't want to, it's just so much. To say. So what's essentially happened is, um, so, the, okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, right? So the election happened two weeks ago, right? It was a two, two weeks. Wait, a week ago. Was it was this a week ago? Just a week ago. Really? It was last Sunday. Yeah, oh last yeah, because we did holy cow. Yeah, so it was a week ago the elections happened. So yeah, that's right. Because by the time we did it Monday, we thought it was gonna be a runoff and yeah. all this other stuff. Okay, so the incumbent, uh, which is Evo Morales, he's he long story short, um, he said that the election's not over. Um, the count's not all in yet. I have confidence that I'm going to win. He was up by maybe, what, four or five points at the time, and you had to win by 10 points. And so um, right after, for 24 hours, after for, they, they paused the quick count for whatever reason. The quick count, which is the count that basically counts the tendencies of the people and how they're voting, the trends or whatever. And there's a science behind it. So it's not like, oh, we counted three and five, and there's still 10 people left. You know, mm-hmm. And so they, they kind of came out with more or less indirect results that there's no way that it's going to get to 10%. So it's going to be a runoff. And that's the way it works. I mean, at least in the United States and in pretty much all countries here in South and in South America and Central America, whatever um, countries that aren't dictator run countries. But anyways, so the quick count was paused for 24 hours. And when it came back, miraculously, Evo Morales was getting all these votes and, uh, he went up, he went up ten percent, and so he quote unquote won. Well, people were like finding these ballot boxes in these houses and stuff, and these just hidden away in different places. 
and they were marked with different voting precincts on them. But these precincts were all over different places. So the ballot box would have been in the precinct and gone straight to the place where they do all the count, official counting or whatever. I don't know what it's called, in electoral offices or whatever you want to call it. So they found all these boxes, and they're pulling them out, and they're opening the boxes. Why are these votes in these private homes and in these private cars? And why is there someone walking down the street with the ballot box to the electoral place and all this? And they, they started... They're opening them, and every single one of them was marked for Evo Morales. Every single one of the votes, and um, so people start dumping the, the 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 votes in the street, the vote paper, the whatever they're called, the ballots. Mm. Is the ballot right? Yeah. Dumping the ballots in the street, and you, I mean, all of them were marked for Evo Morales, all of them, and so fraud, right? And people started, um, you know, saying that it was it was rigged, it's, it's cheated, and whatever. And so there was an investigation by the uh, what is it OEA or something like that. There's an organization, and maybe you don't know because we don't hear that much about it in the States, even though it, it's America's, it's an organization, something, organization, electoral, something, America's, or something like that. And they basically do investigation and they support democracy. That's their thing is to make sure that people's voices are heard and whatever. And so they did an investigation and they don't have necessarily power in that sense. So what they did is they recommended that it, it go for a second round, the, the vote go for a second round. Um, as well as the United States has done that, as, said this, said as well as well as Brazil and uh, like there's a bunch of different countries. Argentina, they've all said it needs to go a second round. Uh, the European Union as well, which Brexit, um, but that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so it's all it's been recommended by all these places to do a second round. Essentially, saying that there's there's heavy evidence that there there's been tampering at, at the very least. And um, then the, they had some guy that's an engineer, and he looked into this private invest, like not private, but did an investigation into all the stuff. I don't know if you saw this, Simon, but he did an investigation into all of it, and they brought him on the news, and like he he broke it all down. Well, he said how, it was him and a team of engineers. Yeah, well, yes, so it was a group yeah. of them that. Yeah, and they broke it down essentially how it, they cheated. Like there's no, it's not the numbers don't add up, like all this stuff, and it's it's been absurd. So. I said I was going to make a long story short, and that unfortunately that is the short version. Yeah. Um, but so it, it, as a result of that, people have taken to the streets um, protesting. There's been a civil protest nationwide. And um, yeah, so with pro protests here, when you do civil protests, it turns into civic protests. Sorry, definitely not civil. Eh, it has been the past couple of days, but civic protest. And um, people block, block the streets and the roads and whatever, and they basically shut down the cities or whatever. It's essentially the equivalent of a hunger strike if you're in prison, I guess, or whatever. And so um, people have basically said it's not going to operate. So the major cities of Santa Cruz, Cochabamba, and, and La Paz mostly have uh, have shut down. Um, Trinidad shut down for a few days. It shut, actually, it's still shutting down on and off, right? Like today we didn't know if the girls were going to go to school. They didn't have school Friday. They didn't have school Wednesday, but they had school Thursday. It's kind of been like that here. Um, but all the main highways and stuff are blocked, so there's not going to be any... It's not export or import, but for, even from city to city, there's not a lot of, like, it's just shut down. And so we went last week and stocked up with a bunch of chicken and meat and, and beef and stuff like that. And, um, but that's going on, and people say that they're going to continue to do that until democracy returns. And so it's an indefinite uh, civic protest, and um, it has gotten violent in some places. Not, uh, not so much here in Trinidad. There's been some moments, uh, some tense moments, but... Um, but it's not as bad as it has been in other places. And so um, that's what's been going on with that. There's no news yet. He's been declared the winner. Um, but people, you know, he's been president 13, 14 years. And so people are saying, like, enough. And the biggest fear is that we end up like Venezuela, 
Um, and that's what pe- a huge fear in a lot of people is. And so people are talking about like Venezuelans only protested five or six days and, and Maduro, which is the quote unquote president of Venezuela, he still remains in power, but they point to Puerto Rico who protested 11 days and their, what is it, governor, whatever, stepped down. And um, so people are pointing to 11 days. But so it'll be very interesting to see as it gets closer to 11 days, it'll be more tense. So, but also that's not everything. The, um, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. For la- There's another word I could say, but I'll say ridiculous. Um, they have, um, the people that actually do support the president are people that grow coca leaves, go- coca plant, I don't know what you call it, whatever, coca things, and, which is what cocaine comes from. Again, another story for another day, which is legal to grow here. This president has made it legal to grow the coca plants here. And again, there's a lot of stuff to that. But anyways, those guys, um, they're, they're supported by the president. He started off as one of them and whatever. And so a lot of those guys have begun to somehow protest the protesters. And in Coach Obama, they went and they had sticks and stuff and they're like breaking stuff and like threatening people. And it, it was getting a little bit ugly. Um, they don't have that type of power in Santa Cruz. There's not enough of them. And Santa Cruz is a ton of people and it just would get ugly really fast. And honestly, I think. Yeah, it, it would just get ugly. But in Cochabamba, there's more, they have more support, and so they've done that. So some of them have declared blockades until the blockades end. <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, duck season, rabbit season. Type, like, you know, you don't know what that is. You're too young for that. Sorry. Anyways. Just smile. <laughs> smile or not. But it's, so basically, we're going to, it's a little elementary. Like, oh, you're going to blockade? We're going to blockade you. And so they've been sending these announcements out saying <laughs> that the cocaleros have joined in, in the blockades and are also blockading until democracy returns. Pretty much. And it's been, it's been, it's been, but they recently, the vice president has essentially in a roundabout way um, threatened to choke out um, these places by not allowing food to get to, to places like this and, play, you know, even the bigger cities, whatever. So they're going to block which they're already blocking anyway, so it doesn't matter. But they're saying they're basically going to choke them off so they don't get food and stuff like that. And it's getting ugly. I guess I could have just said that. But, I mean, I think you deserve to know some details. It's getting ugly. And it's probably only going to get uglier. Um, the good news for us is we live in, in Trinidad. It's in northern Bolivia. It's, um, it's just a lot further away from, this, I guess, the department that we live in, which are basically like the U.S. equivalent of states, um, is is an, is one of the, you know, the northern part, and it's, it's separated, it's far away, we're surrounded by Amazon, and everything else is more in, like, kind of this, a lot more south, or what is it, south, east of us, and stuff like that, and so um, there are, well, there have been blockades and, and protests and things like that, and uh, me and Melinda went out Friday night to get something to eat, the girls were having a sleepover at the next door neighbor's house, we went out just to, you know, get out of the house and get something to eat, and uh, I mean, there were blockades everywhere, but they weren't violent, people weren't you know, there were there were definitely fires in the road like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was, people weren't throwing you know fire all over the place and you know making bombs and stuff. It wasn't any of that craziness or there was no fighting. It was just the streets were blocked off. You turn around and find another way. And um, but where we live, even in our neighborhood, even if Trinidad was to go just go all the way up in the fighting, in our neighborhood we're we're completely safe. Our neighborhood is on the edge of the city, literally edge. I think there's two more blocks and the the city just ends. So we're like which is obviously part of our neighborhood as well, we're on the very edge of the city, nothing will ever come over here. Um, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Everything's more central focused. And, yeah. and the protest is against the government as well. There's no gov- there are no government buildings here. They're all 
in the central area. There's like a there's a road that goes around the city, and it's called uh, I don't know how to say circumvasion. I don't know how to say that in English. It's like a like a beltway basically, but it's it's just a regular road. It's not like a DC beltway, but it goes around the city. But it goes around like the downtown part of the city. And so if you live on the inside of that, then you're more at risk for blockades or even on that same road. But if you live outside of that, there are some blockades right on the outside of that. But we live as far as possible, essentially, away from that. So we're not, I mean, honestly, even if things go completely awry, like we're just not in danger over here, which is which is a blessing of living over here and stuff. So we're pretty much away from the chaos altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's great for us. And then so it's the part of the country we live in, we're away from it, but it's also... Um, you know, the section of the city that we live in, we're even further away from, even if there was chaos here, then we're away from that as well. Um, I don't know, there's been talk about people taking on government buildings and stuff like that. They want to go in government buildings and take them over. And um, that can get pretty dangerous and nasty. Um, but again, we live a far away from it. Doesn't it, I'm not saying that to remove, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter to us. It definitely matters to us, but we're not in danger. That's my point is that we're not in, in danger. Well, they've already across the country have burned, yeah. burned, uh, government buildings yeah. um, down and, and they did here in Trinidad too yeah. burned the, uh, what's the name of that the, building? All the electoral, electoral offices office, they, yeah. they burned that they've not all of them but in a lot of the like in a lot of the capital cities of the different states they've burned down those, which is where the you know the, the seat I guess of the state of the electoral offices there's a name for it in English I just don't know what it is but uh, yeah the, the government electoral offices or whatever they've, they've burned pretty much all the major ones um, in the past week it's been it seems like it's been a long time but it's only been a week, so so there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on here, um, and there's some all like. Well, I guess one disappointment, and I'll be honest here. One for me, one disappointment in all this has been the church. Is the church has been somewhat um, disappointing in that in that aspect or whatever. But um, the uh, I don't know. It's also but but then also you see pockets of the church starting to stand up and rise up, and um, you know. Like, like yesterday at our church, we had we had a prayer meeting. It wasn't a prayer meeting; it was like a worship and prayer service where we just we just focused on Jesus, you know, like in the midst of this. And we read some passages, and we just kept, you know, we sang, and then we had a time of prayer. We got in groups and such, and we had prayer points, and obviously pray for peace in our nation and stuff like that. But also prayed praying for the president, you know, praying for his salvation. Again, we just talked two three weeks ago that you know we're creating the image of God, and every every human being is an image bearer, and they deserve dignity and, and, and they deserve to be loved. And furthermore, Jesus commands us to love our enemies. And enemies are defined by not how we treat people or how we view people, but how they view us. If they view us as enemy, that's what he's referring to. And so these people who are, are oppressors or whatever you want to say, so to speak, we are called to love them. And what better way to love someone than to pray for them? And so we had a great time at church yesterday praying, and it gave our church a, a, a moment to stand up and focus and whatever, and, and not hide. We don't hide. The church tends to hide when things like this happen. Either the church gets so, so way outspoken on something ridiculous and start buying into some type of political ideology that really has separated itself from, from Jesus, but we don't realize it because we're Christians and we do it and we think Jesus follows us and we don't follow him, or we just stay completely silent and don't say anything and don't get involved. And um, I think both are wrong. Uh, personally, that's my that's my point of view. And um, I, I believe that we're you know called to, to to stand up for justice and do justice. And so, in the midst of this, did you just see the church silent? Even in the election part of it, there was there's another candidate that came up, and it just turned into a mess. And like uh, 
and a lot of people are blaming the church for this because another candidate popped up. He got 8% of the votes, and the, the election was won by 10%. So had those people who were going to vote for against the incumbent anyways, had they just voted against dictatorship, against communism, whatever you want to call it, then we wouldn't be. We would at least be in a runoff right now. So there's there's a lot of anger and stuff, and there's, I think there's a lot of shame with some of the people in the church too. Or I don't know, anger, bitterness, whatever you want to call it. But it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. But um, I don't know. Just keep praying, I guess, that the church would be who she's called to be and stand up in the midst of all this and stand for justice and be a prophetic voice to the culture, which is what we're called to be. And it doesn't mean you know, saying what, what we think is going to happen. It just means speaking the truth in the midst of all of this, speaking truth no matter what, whose feelings do or don't get hurt or whatever, speaking the truth in love, but speaking the truth nonetheless, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a complex situation. How you feel about all of it, Simon? This is your first major protest here. You are a pro, or whatever you want to call it. How you feel about it all? Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't really know, to be honest. Um, obviously, like you said, we're outside of the outside of the city, so we're away from the situations. So, all you really, the only real difference is, has been, oh, you can't go out today because the roads are blocked, or oh no, there'll be no, there'll be no work today, or mm. there'll be none of this. Um, so, and it's it's so far from anything that I can picture or have known or have been part mm. of that. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even know what what to say about it or where it could go next yeah. because this is just like this isn't this isn't this doesn't happen. Yeah, um, in the UK, so yeah, you know, um, there's so many checks and balances. Yeah, to avoid so it. it's, yeah, yeah, it's just that uh, hard to hard to imagine something, hard to comment on something that you have absolutely no idea about. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I don't understand anything of what's going on <laughs> because i speak to one person they tell me one thing yeah. i speak to another person yeah. they'll tell me another thing like i then get an email from someone being like hey this is the situation <laughs> right now yeah and i'm like well all those three things have been completely different <laughs> i've got people telling me oh this will go on for a year someone would say oh no it should be calmed down by next week yeah you know, it's like and it so, points to no one really knows yeah you and know. that, that's the thing about it no one no one knows what's going on and that's what we talked about we mentioned that in church yesterday is then second chronicles when joseph at is praying, and he says, um, uh, "We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you." And that, you know, that's like I talked a little bit about it. Like, hey, there's a lot of times we don't know what to do. We don't like to admit it, but we have no idea. We're all doing stuff. We're all reacting, and we all have thoughts and ideas or whatever. But at the end of it all, we don't know what to do. But we, the problem is, a lot of times I think we let it stop there, is we don't know what to do. But the second, you know, what the reaction to that is, but our eyes are on you. And the whole thing is a prayer. So that's what, you know, our eyes are on you. And I think that's what my encouragement for the church has been. is like, you know, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're looking, you're our hope, you're you are justice, you are our, you're, you're everything to us. You, you know, you're our life, you're our peace, you're all this stuff to us. So we, our eyes are on you. And we're going to try to be obedient to you and walk in the steps that and react to you and not to whatever. And I don't know, but it's a very, there's a lot of nuances in the, in the practice of everything. So, but you, you feel safe. People have been asking me, do you feel safe? You're asking me if I feel safe or Look, did you just make the comment? No, I said, I'm asking you. Oh, cause um, people have been, people have been asking me. Yeah, I feel you, safe. Um, because I'm home like 90% of the time. Um, and 
You know, the only time I didn't feel safe was when that guy walked into trying to walk into our house today. <laughs> but yeah. that has nothing to do with it, uh, anything, any of this. Um, but yeah, like like you said, you know, it's it's for the major protests and anything that has become even violent or um, has is happening in the bigger cities. And then even if it is here, like the burning the road, burning stuff in the middle of the road, uh, blocking it. Um, it's done in the center of the city, so I mean, I, I'm not affected so much physically by it, but, you know, you still have connection to it through social media, and it, it breaks my heart to see the desperation in some people, you know, when they don't, like you said, when you don't know what to do, it leads some people to just do whatever naturally comes to them, and for some people, it's it's screams, some people, it's cries, some people, it's burn down a building or um, you know, and then that's a scary and a dangerous place to see people in. Um, and it's really sad for me to see that people are literally fighting for their freedom and their democracy. And when you imagine protests, me, when I imagine protests back home, you know, you imagine people with signs, posters standing in front of the White House or and marching, you know, here, like it's something I never, not that this is the first time I've seen it here, but just it still always gets me to see um, that it becomes unsafe, physically unsafe. I've seen yeah. videos of people, uh, mobs of people just fighting each other, you know, just throwing punches at whoever, whoever their fists reaches first is who they're hitting. And so it's just, um, it's, it is chaotic in some places. I, I don't want to um, downplay what's going on, you know, just because we don't post about it um, yeah. doesn't mean it's not a very serious and historic uh, issue. For me, for me, I, like... I, I genuinely, and I, I, I was telling you, Simon, yesterday about this, like, I genuinely love Bolivia. Yeah. And I don't, I can never express that as an American person here. Like, I can't, there's no way I can, I mean, I can convince people to an extent to show my love for it. But I can show my love for it, but, like, I feel like a part of it. And so when I see, I don't know, when I see, like, this stuff happening, like, it's, it's hurtful. But then also, like, when, I don't know, I see the hopelessness and stuff that, mm -hmm. for me, when all the, when, like, you're saying, when people start protesting and breaking stuff, like, it's very easy to be like, shame on you guys. You shouldn't break stuff. And it's right. You shouldn't break stuff. But at the same time, it also, as a believer, it, it points to the level of hopelessness that mm -hmm. exists. And so almost how dare me sit on my couch and just say, oh, you guys shouldn't burn stuff down. They shouldn't. You, you should right. not burn. You should not destroy the things. However, that, that points to what, what a shame for me. I'm a missionary. I'm supposed to bring the light. And forget missionary. I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Even if I was born and raised here, I'm still a believer. I'm supposed to bring hope and light. And I'm supposed, you know, that's what my job is. And no matter where I work, that's my job is to bring hope and light and be salt of the earth. And, and that should be, for me, for me personally, that should be a reflection of the state of the church. Because if we're to be hope, a light in the darkness and salt of the earth, those things give hope. And then you see this level of hopelessness. Well, like, I'm not carrying the burden, but I'm like, well, we know God's word never returns void. But in order for God's word to never return void, it has to be sown. Mm -hmm. And so what do we, and it goes back to what we're, the story we were talking about with Jesus the other day with the five, in Spanish it says five kilos of, of gold he gave to all his people. And they invested, they invested, you got 10 times and, oh, good for you, 10 cities you'll be ruled. Five times and yeah, good for you, five cities. And the guy that just had the same thing. And like essentially was cursed and, and was that, that five was taken away from him for not because Jesus said or the, sorry, the king <laughs> says uh, you could have at least invested it or put it in the bank and got interest off of it. 
And I see the church in that position of we're just holding it. And then we just sit on the couch. Oh, they shouldn't burn buildings. And we go to Facebook and they shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But if that stuff exists and those people exist, that should make us dig our feet in the sand more. Yeah. And and be stubborn. Absolutely stubborn. But like gospel stubborn. Like, man, we are going to love these people. We are going to it, we, we want we're going to pray. We want revival to break out. And not, we're not talking about church every night. That doesn't. Anyways, <laughs> but we're talking about a literal revival of a culture, something that's dead coming back to life mm-hmm. in Christ and through Christ and the focus on him and, and, and planting seeds of the word, just planting, like pre- preaching the gospel, definitely preaching the gospel. But preaching, we, I guess there's so, there's so many levels to the issue. I, we think that preaching the gospel is just literally getting on a stage and preaching or just saying Jesus loves you and died for you. That is preaching the gospel, but that's not, it's not complete. It comes with your life as well. You can't say you believe something and your life doesn't, live as a result or we believe the gospel has the power to transform like it says in uh, Romans 1 16 if we believe it has the power to transform and we say that but we're not living transformed then that means we don't believe in the gospel and we're just talking and people don't see they hear our words but they don't see the transformation in our life it's a very hard thing for them to decide to follow and so I, I don't know I don't I'm not blaming the church maybe I am I don't know but it's a, it's frustrating to see and this goes back to what I was saying before I guess frustrating to see for me as a person who lives here and I love and I do care about the welfare and well-being of Bolivia and Bolivians as well as all of them. And, and to see people, yeah, in the streets fighting, you, people that may or may not know each other on either way it's bad are fighting each other based off of their loyalty to another person that they don't know, they've never seen, they've never met, and honestly doesn't care about them. But they're fist fighting in the street. I, I had a friend, he asked me a political opinion one time and it was in private. And it was about a, a specific person in politics. He asked me what I think. And so I told him. He got, mad, he got mad at me and stopped talking to me. I've known this guy for years. Like, you know, we've been close friends for years. And you got mad at me. You, first, you asked me my opinion about someone that neither of us knows that doesn't care about us. And you got mad enough at me to stop speaking to me. Like, this is, this is absurd. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing that we see on... I, there's no way that I can allow my allegiance to Evo Morales make me want to burn Simon's house down. Yeah, that's that's absurd. But that's what it's come to is. And we can take it different levels, whether it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump or whoever. Ah, there's so many people that are sitting in their house right now, bitter, based bitter towards someone that they know and love. That's a family member that has cared for them, that's possibly paid their rent, paid their light bill, has always been there to watch their kids or whatever, based off of what someone they don't know, they don't even know has said. And it's 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 insane. It's literally insane. And uh, it is so much division caused by this. It's selfishness, I guess. I don't know what it is. but And to see my country that I live in, I live here, right? Like, I, my kids were born here. Like, I'm a Bolivian citizen. I don't know if a lot of people know that. I'm a Bolivian citizen. Like, I vote here. I pay taxes here, you know. Uh, I'm raising my kids here. I ha- you know, I'm a part of a church here. I'm invested here. The, all the best years of my life have been invested in Bolivia. And I don't mean... They're the best years of my life because I'm in Bolivia. So literally, my prime years of life from 20, how old was it when I came here? 26 or something like yeah. that? From 25, 26, and I'm 34 now, and then beyond, the best years of my life are given here. So I'm invested here fully, and so I care about the well-being. So I'm not talking, when I talk about this stuff, I, it's, not, it's not as much of a day for me. Like, oh, they, well, I hope they get it together. Those Bolivians and hide away in my house. That's not, that's that's just not, I, I can't do that. I can't mm-hmm. do that. I mean, I know some people disagree with that, but that's on them. They, don't have, they can do what they want to do. 
and I'm going to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do, you know. And uh, But it's, it just frustrates me to see this, to see it all come to this. And it breaks my heart, you know. But also, I was telling you, Melinda, yesterday, it's like, man, we prayed for, for Evo Morales yesterday, and it, it revealed some stuff in me, like, oh, man, I need some, I have to grow. Because it was hard for me to pray for this man's salvation. Because he wants to be a dictator. I don't like him. And I mean, I guess you know what my political stance is here, but I don't, I don't like him. I don't support anyone. If, even if I voted for you in two elections, I don't support anyone being president for 20 years, period. Like that's it, period. And so, but I don't, I don't like his policies. I don't like what he's done. I don't like what he stands for. I don't like him. I don't support him. But then if we're called to love, so we're, we're, we had to pray for him yesterday and we're praying for, you know, the, all these people in the situation. And it was hard. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, like I have an issue. I can't even pray for him. Uh, sincerely and genuinely and uh and obviously in my prayer group the people had an issue too like there's a lot of tears shed of people that do there's one lady is a tough she's tough as nails does not cry is not emotional and she was bawling just you know weeping yesterday and she's a new believer at that and it was, it's just a very powerful moment of like oh man I guess really revealing our shortcomings in the midst of all this as well mm-hmm. but also encouraging us to grow stronger and and fix these things and and be a light in the middle of a country that's being ripped apart and things are going right, left, up and down and whatever, and, you know, but and hopefully um, encouraging us to stand strong and to stand firm and to be lights, be lights and love people in the midst of this, not ignoring issues, but in spite of the issues, continue to be light. We can speak out on issues and we can still love the people involved. We can disagree and still help and still pray for this person or whatever. And for some reason, we've adapted this mentality that that's not that's impossible and it's not impossible. We can vote against you. I can think that you need to step down from your quote unquote presidency and still pray for your salvation. Pray that, you know, cause at the end of the day, and this is what we said in our prayer group yesterday is, he's acting like this because he, he doesn't, he's never experienced hope. This is what hopeless people do. Hopeless people live like this. Hopeless people oppress people. They don't understand. They don't understand that there's a savior that came and died for them. They don't understand that that he, he said that they're worth it. They don't understand, they don't understand any of that. They don't understand forgiveness. They don't understand justice. They don't understand any of that. And so our prayer, instead of just remove him, he still needs to step down, should be that he gets to know a, a, the one true real God and give his life to Jesus and bear fruit in many areas. And even if he commits to that and he comes out, he still doesn't need to be present. He's already been 13 years, but yeah. the, he's, he's, he's a person, he's an individual and he's a human and he's, he's lost. And so, you know, we need to pray for him. And so, but it starts with, I think that's the mentality that does start, quote unquote, revival. We're not seeking revival, we're seeking Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the outcome of seeking Jesus, I think, is Jesus revives, he brings life, just so, to be clear on that. We just need revival, we're praying for revival. We're not praying for revival. I mean, if that's what happens, we want to seek Jesus. We want Jesus to be glorified and his name to be lifted high here in Bolivia and everywhere, obviously, but, we, you know, we start where we live and then expand from there. But mm-hmm. it's a very 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 tough and frustrating and hurtful situation and it's uh i don't know you you can hear the hopelessness in people's voice when you talk to them you know yeah and but what i love is that that we're having these conversations not just us but within our church and within our our circles of friendship that um for the group of people that have been acting and marching and protesting they've forgotten the side of how powerful prayer is and calling out to god for his help um and um, and also trusting in him for to to bring peace and mm-hmm. and being hopeful for a better future, you know. Um, but then the side of the people who were praying and not moved to action, it's like there's that balance too. It's like guys, we can't just pray like the Israelites when they were in slavery and God 
parted the Red Sea, they had to move quickly, you know, or else they wouldn't have seen their, their freedom. Well, they didn't see it for many years later, but, but it was the beginning of their freedom, and they had to, had to put work to their, their belief that God was going to deliver them. Um, and so, like, it, it's not acceptable for anybody now, especially to say, I'm just going to pray about this and just trust that God is going to, to move and change this nation. Um, and it's not acceptable for anybody to just say, I'm just going to protest and I'm just going to do everything physic that I can physically do to, to, to bring change. It, it has to be a, a fusion of, of both of them. You know? yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're being challenged to do that. And I think right now I'm in that position now. I'm like, what can I do physically? Because I'm praying, you know, but what can I do? And, and I, I'm grappling. Is that a word? Grappling? Yeah. <laughs> grappling I mean, it depends <laughs> on what you're going to say next. But <laughs> I'm awesome. grappling with that. You know, it's like I want to know that, you know, obviously we're prepared. We have enough food for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But I want to be able to physically help somebody if they need something. But are, are we there yet as a family? Are we there as a church to be able to, to help our community if, if there's a need and, um, and provide a solution, a physical solution? Because we know that we have the spiritual solution to it. But... I don't know. It's it's uh, it's hard because that's what's been going on in my mind the past mm-hmm. couple of days. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say I can't sleep because I'm sleeping fine. But but at night when I lay down, when I'm washing dishes, just kind of when my mind isn't occupied with anything, um, that's what's going on in my mind. Just trying to wrap it, my mind around everything and trying to figure out how are we gonna act, how are we gonna respond. Yeah. So, and I think sometimes there, there's nothing we can do, you know, like mm-hmm. I, that's just the way it is sometimes, you know, like if we say all Christians are being killed in Kenya, I mean, I, well, I guess we could go to Kenya, and, but then do what? Yeah. I'm going to start killing the people who are killing Christians like that, you know, seems counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so like definitely pray. I, we 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 always put prayer in the wrong categories, I think sometimes. Prayer is the is one of the biggest things we can do, but it's not the only thing we can do a lot of times. But sometimes we also say, well, it's the least I can do, and you feel like we're not doing enough if we're praying. Mm-hmm. And that can be true, but it also can be false, you know, depending on the situation. And uh, I don't know. if if I think it's stewardship is more than anything. What have you been given, and what can you do? If your neighbor is hungry, and it, it talks about this in James, if, <laughs> essentially what good is it to say, oh, uh, bundle up if you don't have a coat? Or eat well if they don't have food, you know, we're wishing someone well and we have the ability to help them, then that's ridiculous. But on the other end of it, I think if there's someone right now in Australia who's sleeping under a bridge, which I'm sure there is somewhere, and uh, that should break our heart, but that should send us to prayer for him. Or there are things you can do. You can look for an organization that works with people there and send some money, whatever. But on the very practical sense of you actively doing something, we, we're not saviors, right. but we take that phrase and we mean, we take it to not do anything. Well, I'll be praying. I'll be praying. Like, you know, I don't know. And most of the time we don't even pray, but again, another episode. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, to figure out like what's what in the world of Christian jargon and, and, and talking by faith and a lot of talking by faith and very little walking by faith. Yeah. And I think, I think we all come from a a background of privilege where somebody tells you, well, there's nothing you can do about it. It's kind of like, well, watch me, you know, like, yeah, yeah, there is. Um, And so, so knowing that there is a a big chance that there is nothing we can do to completely change the situation is, is hard to reconcile. Yeah. When it contributes to the feeling of hopelessness is a temptation to fall into that, you know, 
but we know who we are and who's we, who we belong to and what, what we're kingdom citizens before we are Bolivian or U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. And so just being loyal to the kingdom first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's tough, man. We can quote all these scriptures we want, but it's, and put, to put into practice, yeah. it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to, to navigate situations like this. And like Simon said, this is something that I, we can't relate to it. We're just used to it. We've been here you know, for, for a long time, so we've seen it a lot. So we're used to it, and we know how it goes, but we, I mean, really can't relate to, to, like you said, if someone being in absolute power or whatever. And, but I don't know. Let's talk about something funny now. Mm. So we have two cats. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's not really funny. Well, yeah. So <laughs> a week ago. something funny. Let's talk about the cats that died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so did I talk we talked about this last week I found four cats yeah. I think you mentioned it yeah. yeah you mentioned it so just like magic now there are two cats <laughs> so one cat so okay <laughs> we have a chicken coop in our backyard and it closes somewhat completely there are holes and stuff in it but it closes and the cats were in there and you know the girls were feeding them and having the time of their lives taking care of animals like they always do and they always end up dying like the baby chick <laughs> anyways um baby chicks that's happened several times and uh, anyways uh one of the cats was bigger and stronger than the rest and apparently he figured out a way to climb out which is not that hard to figure out but they're so tiny you know mm. he figured out a way to climb out and our dog one of our dogs uh we we put him we put him on a tie out in the backyard like on a on a leash or whatever and so he can spend time outside and you know he likes to dig and do dog stuff he's an active fella and he's young and so um but the, the problem is the cats are dumb and Simon was telling me this I don't know anything about cats but he was telling me their mom teaches them everything and so teaches them essentially to be afraid of what and whatever the problem with the cats is anytime anyone or anything probably over 30 pounds walks towards the uh, what is that called the chicken coop they get excited and start walking towards it whatever it can be they don't know Simon but it can be Simon it can be Rudy it can be me it can be the girls it can be somebody that they've never it can be a cow they're going to get excited and yeah yeah and so one got out and he sees Cassius apparently no. oh, I'm sorry Cassius is our dog that is dead as well this is this story <laughs> is getting very dark really quickly um <laughs> he's buried right next to the cats uh and so one of them gets out and uh you know apparently Con is back there I know he's barking at it and going crazy and apparently walked up to him because he can't he was on his leash thing and uh he killed it he killed the kitten and uh, then this morning, my little was like, I can only find two of the cats. In my mind, I was like, oh, well, one's dead. And so, but uh, so yeah, I went out and found it, and it was covered in ants. Ants, which then somehow quickly transferred onto my legs and bit my legs up. But Man, that's, that's neither the worst here nor there. Yeah, worse than the baby cat dying. <laughs> no, that's, that's the, the worst, worst part, part of, of going story. into the chicken coop. Sorry, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just thankful that you found it. I would have, I would have hit, I would have hated to have seen it. I mean, it just looks like a cat, but it's just not moving. Covered in ants, eyeballs all. No, no, no. Out. I mean, I didn't check its eyeballs. Why you look that close to it? No wonder you don't like seeing it. Like you're doing an examination of the animal. So then, uh, you know, Rudy came over there and he, the cat died. And we were chatting or whatever. And as we're sitting there, I turn around and I see one of the little kittens had gotten out. And of course, he's walking straight towards Khan. And Khan is pulling maximum length on his on his uh, whatever you want to call it, his tie out thing, cord cable. And he's literally like leaning and waiting on the cat. And the dumb cat walks right in. It got, it was, I couldn't get there fast enough. The dumb cat walked right into 
his path. And of course, he grabbed it instantly. And I, I said, no, but it's prey driver kicked in. He already, it was, you know, I said, no, he grabbed it and he was about to shake it, but somehow he dropped it. And when he dropped it, then I flipped around. I was like, oh, there's an opportunity. So I grabbed him and I grabbed the dog and threw him over to one side and roughed him up because he wasn't listening. Anyways, and then Rudy came and grabbed the kitten. So we almost were down to one cat. So I, we took bad news and it made it good news. He survived, so we have two cats instead of one, which uh, I'm going to be honest here. I think by the end of the week. Yeah, by next, next when, week's podcast. Everything, will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by next week's podcast, everything will be back to balance, which means no cats in or around the Gore household. So, well, you good, did a good thing trying to rescue them. I did. I mean, I, try, I hate cats with the passion. Uh, but I'm not, I was telling Simon, like, I'm not heartless. Uh, not all the way, at least. Like, I, you know, I saw them coming out of that plastic bag, and I was like, oh, I can't leave. And they're tiny, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, you know, doing their thing. And I was like, I can't leave these cats here. So I threw them under the seat in my motorcycle. Like, you have this storage space under the seat of your motorcycle. What are you doing? Are you dancing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you said heartless, so I thought of a song. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I threw them under the seat of my motorcycle. I was going to get something to eat, so... Yeah, then I came home and was like, man, what the heck do I do with these cats? No idea. Literally no idea. But here we are. So, yeah, so there's our ha-ha-ha fun story <laughs> to break up all of our, all the bad stuff or whatever. Uh, Although it wasn't a great one. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible story. But it didn't involve people getting hurt. Just it cats. just involved cats getting hurt. I mean. Oh, man. Gosh. Yeah, it's a circus here, literally. But ministry stuff is going well, I think. I think we're taking, making strides in ministry. We had a leadership meeting last week. I think it went really well. People are excited. Everyone's on the same page. I had, um, I had planned to talk about community stuff, identifying problems in our community, and also identifying things that we can do, like now, to be able to respond to some of these issues. That was on, on the agenda to talk about. And before we even got there, like everyone con- constantly was going to that, and they didn't know it was on the agenda. So it just shows that that's already what people are becoming passionate about, is our community and the the issues that are here and, and just loving people in the midst of all of, in the midst of all of it. And so very exciting, very exciting. And it's kind of a new thing for our church to, um, I don't know, to be excited about doing something with what we study and what we learn. It's actually doing it and putting it into practice, organizing things and strategizing of how we can reach. That's a, that's a very new thing of strategizing of how we can reach people for our church. It's, it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's exciting, super exciting, super exciting. Um, not just strategize, because I think a lot of people strategize, but actually with the intentions of actually doing it. So it's good. Everything's going good in that sense. But just keep praying for Bolivia in the sense of, I mean, there's a lot of, there's really a lot going on. We really did give you the short version. There's so many more details and, and issues and problems, but um, yeah, keep praying for us. <sighs> this is a different episode. You guys got anything else to say? Nope. You sure? Mm-hmm. You talked a lot last week, man. Now you went back to... But you said you don't like, I mean, you don't really know what to say and stuff like yeah. this. So that's fair. We'll give you a pass this week. You got anything else to say? No, I'm good. Still dancing, huh? <laughs> to no music. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we will let you guys get to, oh, my kids went to school today. I don't know what time it is. Oh, uh, good. We're good. Um, yeah, well, you guys have a great week. Please keep us in prayer. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for loving us and care about us. And more importantly, thanks for caring about the people of Bolivia and of Trinidad specifically and um, sowing into their lives and uh, financially, definitely, and but also in, in your prayer and, and stuff like that. So 
Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. And uh, yeah. Prove it. Come, Come on, on, at the same time. No, 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 we're not doing it. We can do it. No, we're not. The, nope, we're not those type of people. Look, she tries to. No, nope. We're not doing it. Nope, nope, nope. You guys are ridiculous, man. Because Melinda's the type of person that will try to wear matching outfits all the time. I don't do. Like, I don't, no, I'm not well, doing that. Your grandparents that. do that. All right. Come on. Provecho.